Welcome to The Conversion Show, a podcast that's all about, you guessed it, conversions. Everything that gets you to your goal, whether that's purchase, lead capture, app install, content downloads, chat engagement, or demo requests, we're talking conversions. Hosted by Eric Christensen, CEO and co-founder of leading conversion optimization platform, Just Do Know. On The Conversion Show, Eric sits down with industry-leading marketers, e-commerce growth experts, founders, and entrepreneurs to chat all things conversion marketing. Be sure to follow The Conversion Show podcast to be notified when a new episode goes live. Like what you hear? Leave us some love with a review. And now, here's your host, Eric Christensen. As everyone tries to move away from pixels, we want to own our own first party, like and then out, like farm our pixels out rather than like relying on Facebook's pixels, which are right difficult and constantly and like, you know, everyone's concerned about privacy. Like if we have our own mechanism for identity and we send those identities out, we'll have a much greater degree of um, much higher percentage of targeting, you know, running these things, you know, from server side mechanisms and whatnot. So that's a big focus. What you, know, you use the word identity, what you're talking about is first party, zero party data. Yes. Actually. And yeah. how to, how to manage it. Where yeah, how, well, how to make it our own. Like, I think that's the big thing is like making it our own in terms of the ability to not rely on third party pixels. So we, you may not realize it, but we've, we've rolled into recording for this podcast and I'm, uh, <laughs> as I welcome, uh, Kyle, uh, Bruce Larry, that's how I'm just going to say it. Is that correct? Bruce Larry. Bruce Larry. That does sound like a ball player, um, from Gorjana, uh, head of e-commerce. But as we talk about first party, zero party data, this is what everyone's talking about. And and then you're you're hearing CRMs like everyone's now becoming a CRM. Have you noticed that? <laughs> yeah, everyone's Clavio. Like, Clavio is now wants to be your CRM, and and but what it comes down to is like I said, like who are my visitors? Like, and and you mentioned, you know, with Wonderkin's ability to focus on the the unidentified visitors. This is saying that you know we've been doing this for 14 years, and the conversation we're having is pop ups you know, they're accepted. We get it. They're here, but they're still very dumb. How do we make them smarter? How do we personalize what the visitor is seeing? And it all starts with understanding who your visitors are. Exactly. And, you know, when you look at different websites, like, can I ask you, and don't hold me to this if, you know, if you don't have the number off the top of your head, but the breakdown from new visitor to repeat visitor, and then you know, is that something you look at with your own traffic? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I think benchmarks from a unique visitor perspective or, you know, I think ideally at 80-20, right? You know, tra overall traffic might end up being a little less than that. But if you're looking at, you know, unique visitors on any given period of time, right? You know, 80% new is, is the goal. And I think that's where we benchmark. Um most of our different marketing channels based on. Well, and then that the 20% is another area that's interesting because of that 20%, it's then split between customers that are coming back. And then second category being 
they're not unidentified, you've identified them, you, you've captured maybe their email or SMS, you brought them back to the site, but now we got to get them across the finish line. Right. So the, you know, the identity factor, you know, how in your world, what do you see, what's being done to, to store these identities right now for you? Like what world do you live in to manage that? Uh, I mean, what still problems trying to are you running up, into? I mean, setting up the infrastructure is still a challenge, right? Because I think we still, despite our growth, operate very lean, a lean operation, you know, small headcount. And we don't have formal BI yet um, or formal CDP. We kind of run our own kind of hack together versions that allow us to mine for the insights that we're looking for. Um, but I think we rely on partners. We rely, you know, we're getting more familiar with, you know, the cloud-based tools like we, BigQuery, right? We use a lot of we're, we're positioning that kind of as our hub. Um, but it's just right. It's just all, it all comes down to building the right stack. And I, but I also think, you know, in a space that's newer, like, you know, we rely on partners because in the identity space, you know, zero party, first party data, you know, it is newer from owning it internally, right? You know, because right, everyone to this point has farmed identity out, right? You have another partner that does it, or and that's what pixels are, right? Pixels are on our site to help Facebook establish identity, right? But there's an issue with that now because that signal is so much weaker because of Apple and their war against Facebook, right? So the signals are weaker than ever because those third-party tracking mechanisms are weak and ever, but, you know, we, every day, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people visiting our site. So the data is there, right? You know, we just have to build the right uh, foundation to manage it and, you know, and learn from it. So that, that's a huge focus right now. Does that give you anxiety knowing that every day you have customers coming in? Or you, you just don't know who they are, what's going on. Yeah, I mean, because I, I think it's one of the bigger challenges, right? I think it's like, I mean, you said it just a, a minute ago, like everything revolves around knowing who your customer is before they get on your site and also when they are on your site because that when they, it, it tells you what product you should show, what content you should show, where they should, like, you know, you have all, there's all these different paths for them to go down, um, but you have to know who they are. I think, first of all, before, and I think a lot of marketers have kind of dummy personas that are not data-driven in the sense or not backed in reality. It's just like, well, we think our customer is this. Well, it's like, no, I mean, if, you know, I tell marketers, invest more time in figuring out specifically who your customer is, you know, from, you know, Think about them like a credit card company thinks about them. You know, do they own their home? Where do they shop? How much money do they spend? You know, these are tributes that apply to everyone and not like, you know, I used to see, you know, old, you know, customer profiles back in the day. It was just like, oh, you know, Kelly shops at Lululemon and did it like, you know, they're very qualitative in that sense. But when you're looking to own you know, first party data, it has to be quantitative and it has to be attributes that can be applied towards large data sets. And you can't really do that with these kind of qualitative, 
oh, they like going to the beach and, you know, they like shopping here. You know, those don't really work. They're not scalable. Well, as we look at the 80%, which I think is the biggest opportunity for businesses, you know, one trend we're hearing right now is people, now that pop-ups have been adopted, you know, people are doing the basics, is that they set up the basics and then three months later, six months later, a year later, they really are experiencing kind of a stale list growth. They've been sitting at this stagnant number and now they're like, okay, well, what do we do? You know, okay, we 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 accept it. You know, pop-ups historically have been very, um, there's been a lot of skeptics behind it and people have been like resistant to kind of in, implement. Now they're standard, they're in templates. You know, Clavio has, you know, everyone's got a basic pop-up. Okay, well, what's the next step? As we look at that 80%, you know, with with Gorjana, are, are you looking at, you know, just the basics in terms of do you have international shoppers? Do you have you I, you have a lot of stores now you, you mentioned, like, are you looking at geo-targeting customers? You know, how do you approach that 80% view of your customers? Or I should say visitors, given that they're unidentified. We would like to capture as many of them as possible. And I think, and that's why pop-ups are so important because they're really the primary, like it's, it's, it's our micro conversion, right? Getting an email or a phone number or an, an ideal case, both because from that point in time on, you're able to build a profile around them, understand their behavior, test different messages against them to see what works and what doesn't. So there's really nothing more important than to kick off the customer journey. Um, and there's, I think, you know, right and wrong ways to do it. Um, but I think you have to have a tool that allows you to confidently capture as many as you can and, and serve as many as you can, right? Because it is a numbers game, right? And if you're not able to serve, if you're not, you know, a, a broad swath of traffic being anonymous, being unidentified, if you're not able to serve those users, you're missing out on a lot of potential data that you're not getting and people that you're not sending abandoned cars to or abandoned browse or whatever, whatever. Now you're not sending texts to. Um, so it, it's really crucial that you can rely, on, you know, on, on that tool to kind of, I mean, to kick, like I said, in most cases, it's the first thing you see. So it needs to be quick. It needs to function. It needs to be easy. I think one of the mistakes I see so commonly is like why people ask for more than one thing in their pop-up is, you know, I think always perplexes me, right? Like the shortest path to a conversion is or to anywhere is a straight line. A straight line in the pop-up sense is you ask for one thing. And what's the most important thing you could ask for? Well, that's up to any individual business. But I see all the time people asking for, First name, last name, email, phone number, birthday. Like, you know, you have to pick one. I'm um I'm really just so baffled right now at our industry. And you know, it happened to me just the other day. It's like the whole email SMS experience where they're offering you something and then you give them your email, and then a secondary frame shows asking for an SMS a phone number. Mm -hmm. And if you don't give the phone number and you close, it's not clear what just happened. Right. <laughs> Wait, right. Give you my email. Did I get the code or it's, I think that's deliberate in a lot of senses with marketers because you want that second piece so badly. 
Um, but again, if you're identifying users, you can always, you know, you can serve them a pop-up on their next visit to get that phone number. So, you know, it, that all relies on identity, it, you know, to create a better experience, right? Because that's, you know, it's not a great experience to have uncertainty in terms of what you're getting from the brand you're giving to, because that's what that is, right? It's a value exchange, right? I'm, you know, brands are asking for your information. You're giving it, that's the value you're giving, and they're giving you something in return, no matter what that is. And so I think, you know, having the best possible experience, again, is, is the easiest experience, but it's also the one that has the most clarity. Like, you know what you're going to get in return. It's not ambiguous. And to your point, you know, because that's like, well, you mentioned, you go look at your inbox, like, should I get it right away? Should I not? I have here in my notes, a couple things. And I'm actually going to ask if we can use this, use the word micro conversion. <laughs> I like that. You know, because it's like there's so many different things that a conversion can be on a site. Obviously, as retailers, we think a conversion as a sales conversion, right? Like naturally, conversion is money. Right. But then you, there's so many other engagements and conversions you can have. And it's like, okay, well, first, what are, what are your, we all know we want to make more money, but there's a customer journey to get to that. Exactly. And it's all about, like you mentioned, the, the customer experience. So, you know, Customer experience to me, I think, is is truly what conversion is. It's what allows and creates for a conversion. Understanding what experience your visitor wants, and every visitor wants something different. They want when they land on your site, they want you to understand what their what their needs are. Are you, um, you know, at Gorjana, you know, your 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 title, you know, is a is one that when I see it, I just, I, I emphasize for you because I know having been in that role and you mentioned you're a lean team, uh, you work directly with the founders, you know, kind of painting this picture of your daily life and the reality of your world. You're not alone in this role. Um, a lot is being asked from e-com um, managers directors, VPs, owners, everyone, there's a lot of, a lot falls on your plate. It's a very entrepreneurial role. Um, you know, and us talking about, you know, your visitor experience is just one facet of your day, week, month. You know, I, I'm, what I love hearing about is, you know, now that I'm not in this role anymore, you know, what's keeping you up at night? What, and, and it's, it's probably, if I were to ask you this question next week, it's probably gonna be something different. Mm -hmm. So this week being, um, you know, tomorrow's August 1st, we're really, you know, Q3 is real. Q4 is going to be here before we know it. Busy time of year. What's, um, you know, what was your, what was your end of month meetings today and getting ready for next month? What's, what, what's the conversation around the office? Um, really easy. Easy answer to that one is we, I, we just um, push a brand new website last week our first major overhaul in the last five years so where we literally rebuilt our entire site from scratch um so that is what the entire team is breathing right now because you know we're only six days into it and really focused on addressing minor tweaks and bugs, making sure, again, the user experience is what we intended it to be with the update, making sure everything works, making sure everything's tracking. 
um, cataloging what's not working and making sure we're working with our developers to quick it in short order. Um, that is, you know, what how, your, how are your 301s doing? Yeah, exactly. I mean, all these questions making sure, but pretty good. I mean, that's yeah. the team, my team has done an absolutely insane job. I think, you know, it's been um, you know, internally and externally, the execution has been off the charts. I'm really proud. Can um, I ask what the I makeup think, of your team is? Like we have an operations manager, we have a, a, a merchandising manager, we have a retention manager and an acquisition manager. So we kind of have every bucket of, you know, how I categorize a team, like every bucket is covered. But you just used a word that I'm really happy to hear, which is merchandising. Yes, it's so huge. It, it's huge. And that is something that, I was just, I forget who I was speaking with on this. I mean, it was the last podcast about merchandising is it's old school retail. You know, when you go into a store, merchandising is one of the, the most critical, important things. Yeah. And it's I the same feel, for a website. Yeah. But I feel like it's over been way overlooked with the website. I totally agree. I think there's this notion that people know what they want. And that's not most people, right? The vast majority of people have no idea what they want. And, you know, right? I, Steve Jobs, right, famously was like, you know, no one was asking for the iPhone, right? He was like, created it. And so he, he gave people that direction. Like, this is what a phone should be. Um, so I think every owner in the e-commerce space has to create that path to conversion and, and have that ownership of it. And merchandising is because obviously, you know, at the end of the day, most of us, I believe are selling a brand or selling products of that brand. And you can't expect people, you don't want people to do everything on their own because that's not easy. Right. And I think that's the, I think that's the biggest one of the areas or probably the easiest litmus test that any digital marketer e-commerce operator can ask of their business and of their site or of their journey is it easy right and then i you know from there identify where's their friction and then addressing that friction as quickly as possible uh friction is a word that we've been throwing around a lot lately do you, on that note of, is it easy? Is it the needs? There's foundational needs of online shoppers that need to be communicated and met, which is, you know, number one, can I trust the site? Number two, when is when am I going to get this? And And what I love about your site is, you know, People are willing to wait for shipping and they're, they're saying they're willing to pay for shipping if it's expedited and guaranteed. And the third is, well, what if I just want to go pick this up? You know, like, and especially in your market, they might be gifts. So if I like it, you know, you have your find a store near you smartly just located right top left, you know, so that, you know, if I need that gift today, can I get it? So are you... You know, you're in this unique case where you have brick and mortars. How many, how many brick and mortars are there? 50. Five, I'm the cusp of 51. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, that's insane. So is there pressures to really connect those that experience? Of that is everything. That, that It has been the hugest challenge of the last five years here to try and, you know, we're an omni-channel brand. We're a retailer. And creating that our stores are incredible so much time and effort goes into each and every one the team and the stylists that are there are amazing at what they do and the stores have that advantage of those incredible people because they're there and they're there to guide you know customers coming into the door you know through the brand experience you can feel the brand when you walk in the door you can see it on the walls and you get to see it on the per, you know an actual real life person that you're talking to who's styled themselves and giving you advice and showing you what's new or showing you how to wear it or whatever, whatever the site is at a disadvantage in a certain sense. It's, you know, you can find more on it because it has, you're not confined by four walls like you are with the store and you're not confined by space, but it's also a challenge as well, because at least when you're in a store, you see everything that's in front of you. You don't have to go hunting for stuff where it's on the site. That's why personalization and merchandising is so important because you have to decide what your four walls kind of are online. Um, and so it's been this site. That's one of the reasons I'm so proud of is that I, I do believe it embodies the in-store experience closer than anything we've ever had in the past. And I think that's where it's a huge success in my mind in the early going, obviously we're listening and, you know, watching the numbers and making sure things, you know, our assumptions are playing out and running tests and yada, yada, yada. But I think it passes for us. The It, it feels like our stores. It feels like our brand in a way that we've struggled with um, in the past is it's hard to create this digital manifestation of a real life experience. It's not easy to do. And I think, you know, having the store locator be very prominent, be dynamic, right um tells you where your nearest store is um automatically uh customers knowing that they can pick up in store is huge i honestly it's it's the perfect conversion to be honest like uh, for us if someone buys online but they're going to pick up their order in a store there's no better conversion than that because they're getting the best of both worlds they're getting the convenience of and speed of e-commerce but they're going to the store to experience the brand and see what else is there and see the jewelry on real people. Um, and that's a huge goal of ours. Yeah. I'm just, I'm clicking around gorjana.com. Anyone that's listening just to kind of check out this experience. You know, when we talk about resources, one thing that's always, you know, I've always kind of thought of when I look at brick and mortar, having run a brick and mortar as well is, multiples, the amount of resources required to open one store, you know, let alone 51. And between staff, you know, each one needs its own, you know, that back in the day, they had the, uh, you had to get a subscription to these CDs for music. I don't know how they do it in store now. It's probably just Pandora, but, you know, electricity, everything. And that's why I love the online experience because you, it just takes you know, you can service the entire world out of one location and you can scale it. 
for you, I imagine your resources get stolen away to help some element of in-store at all. Like whether it's, is there any like POS elements you get pulled into or wholesale? I think absolutely. I mean, I think again, we look at it as, as one business, right? And these are just different channels and everything is very customer centric, right? I think, and I'm incredibly grateful to have it because retail is such, I mean, not only does it help with new customers, but I mean, it's a ma I mean, massive retention and LTV driver. Um, because again, people want to try it on. They want to touch it. They want to see it. And it's a huge validator as a brand as well, right? Because anyone can run an Instagram and anyone can put up a Shopify storefront. It's not hard to do. You know, you, you could pay for a Shopify storefront with a template and upload products for 500 bucks or something. You know, anyone can do that. Um, but to exist in real life on the street, in the mall and have a really great experience is not easy. And it's something that, you know, I'm grateful. We have again an outstanding team that, you know, stands up these stores and creates this incredible experience. Um, it makes my life easier. It makes e-commerce easier to have oh, yeah. it, right? Because you can always rely on the customer being able to go in the store to touch the product, to go to the store to solve customer answer customer questions to handle returns. Um, you know, it gives a face to the business. Whereas I think oftentimes the point of friction with digital and with e-commerce is that it's faceless, is that it's anonymous. You don't know who's on the other side. You don't know where your product is coming from. Um, you don't know who's fulfilling it. You don't know who's on the other end of the line um, when you talk to customer service and you know, look, you know, you look at businesses that do customer service really well. I mean, for better or for worse, Amazon, right? They everything is really easy. Returns are easy, buy everything shows up in two hours. You know, it's I ordered something the other night at like 11 30 p.m. It shows up at 7 a.m. Like, how does that even work? I know, but they, they make it easy, right? Nordstrom is another great example. Like, you know, they just they treat their customers very well. And so I think having retail, you know, if you care about your customers. It's it's an only logical step to give them that experience. You're talking about customer service, and it sounds like you you at the core of what you're doing at Gorjana and, and what you believe in is you make you do right by the customer, understand them, and you know it looks you know from what I'm hearing here and seeing is that you've you've found an opportunity to leverage your in stores locations to bring that to life on your site. I'm looking at your product page. You have visit us on the store on your product page with beautiful photos. And it's like a gallery really putting the store front and center, the brick and mortars, which builds trust. Right. You mentioned it's like, okay, what if I do have a problem? Oh, they have 51 locations. I have one right near me. If I have a problem, I can go to them. They're here. I can, it builds, it builds that trust reduces the friction for that online purchase, which DTC brands don't have. Um, exactly, yeah, exactly. You know, these Instagram stories you see, all these ads, you click it, it's like, okay, well, you know, why this jewelry brand over another? You know, is this just a, a one-hit wonder? Whereas you're leveraging and telling that story very beautifully on your site to that visitor in, in the end, you know, builds that, that trust to get them over that line. And, and then that's the intention, right? I mean, we want to create the best experience possible. We want, we, and, you know, stores are such 
a benefit to the business, to our brand. We had to figure out what that connection looked like. Um, and I think, again, we've been lucky and fortunate to, you know, design a site that I think that does a great job, you know, it's serving both any type of customer, customers that cra- crave the in-person experience they want to see and touch and feel, you can do that and shop online. If you're an online customer, which, you know, a lot of people are, we make it, we, we, we make it as easy as possible. We tell you when you're going to get your order before you even buy it, or we estimate when you're going to get it before you even buy it. Um, so I think it really is all about making that experience easy and good and one that a customer can feel confident in. And, you know, it all comes down to trust. You mentioned something before that has stood out to me here is you mentioned the in-store stylist. That That's interesting. Is that something that, A, you got, you've considered bringing, you know, with all the, the online video, the chat that's available now, like uh, Tolstoy, I'm going to have Dov on. I worked with him at Yachtpo for years. He now launches awesome video chat tool for customer service. You know, you have that opportunity. Then the second would be, have you experimented with booking? Is that taking an online visitor offline and, and getting them to book a stylist date at their local store? We have the latter. Yes, absolutely. And we did for a a short time. And I think the pitfalls there is just that it's just not easy. It's, it's just not, you know, it's not easy. I mean, obviously, you know, you run an incredible company, big company, busy company, you're a busy guy, right? Like how hard is it for you to manage your calendar? Right. And again, you probably, you know, you have an assistant, I'm sure, right? I don't, right? And I, most people don't. And so for even as a cu- customer to create an appointment and then to keep that appointment, that's not, you know, a dentist or health related, like it's difficult to remember, right? And, 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 for, and for the team internally as well, I mean, we do operate by the same principles. We like to make things internally as easy on, you know, people as possible and it just on both sides it was a challenge um and then again that's not to say we didn't see value in it i think you know those custom when we customers that did book a meeting with the stylist i mean they show obviously such a significant degree of intent the conversion rate of those phone calls or whatever were really high um i it's not something for us that's done i think it's something we come back to yeah it's hard but to at the same time you know obviously the growth of our in our scale we've grown so quickly um that you know efforts like that you know spread across 50 stores logistically are a challenge and so for us it's you know we're trying to make life easy on ourselves at this point and we you know when we reach a, a point of where we have more time i think you know again obviously being really lean we can come back to you know, reevaluating programs like that. That's a good, I think that's the most honest, great way to respond to that. And I think if we were to sum up what, you know, today, what, what we've kind of explored is that, you know, given you can't choose everything, you got to choose the right winners. And with the new site launch, you've chosen to really build trust with your website visitors by reinforcing the fact you have 51 plus stores 
nationwide, is it nationwide or international? Nationwide. Nationwide. That that these visitors can either visit, if it returns any issues with the product. And, you know, I won't repeat this. What is that story? Again, you know, you chose to really, in your site redesign, put your your 51 plus stores front and center. Can you, you know, internally, you know, how how did that decision fully come about and and why are you so happy about it? Well, I think, you know, Retail, I think, is what we are as a brand are so incredibly proud of. And I think us especially, and maybe more than most, because we've earned it. I know, you know our founders, Goriana and Jason Rydell, you know, they take such an immense degree of pride in designing that experience and choosing thoughtfully every location. So much goes into it. And Gosh, I lost my train of thought. Um, (laughs) I I threw it at you, but it's really what you chose to really put the brick and mortar front. uh, Right, right. So, I mean, for for us, the stores are so important. They're so important to our customers because there is a a one-to-one relationship being built with every customer that comes in the door. We had to find a way to make that connection more prominent digitally. Um, and build a stronger connection to the stores through merchandising, through honestly just being able to find them, knowing where they are, Um, being able to shop them online, but in store, um, again, with buy online, pick them in store. So it wasn't really, it's been a challenge because I think it's a space where technology is continuing to evolve and has to continue to catch up, right? You know, for companies like they have unlimited resources, you know, there's obviously several companies that have probably been ahead of the game for a long time. You know, the big box retailers, you know, yeah, but like for REI's, I've, uh, REI's done a great job. I, was, I forget who I was talking with. Um, and, you know, it's like, who's doing a great job at in-store pickup? And it's REI. Like, no. Exactly. And I, and I, I remember where I was going I, with the, so I think what we're also so proud of with retail is that we've earned it. Right, this this business since Jump Street has been completely bootstrapped, right? So every new store is a store that we're earning. There's no Series A, C. There's no you know venture capital um, that you know because there are obviously a lot of brands over the last ten years that raise a zillion dollars and they can open a bunch of stores. And I think. It's a shortcut. And I think for, for some brands, obviously there's, there's cases both ways where it works out and somewhere it doesn't, but I think one of the, you know, you go too fast and you lose your identity as a brand, you lose your focus in terms of what's important, the customer, right? Um, you know, I, I think, you know, Allbirds is kind of a cautionary tale in terms of where they're at right now. And how fat, you know, how much they raised and how quickly they rolled out stores and product lines and yada, yada, yada. Um, you know, I, I think when you look at, you know, everyone is looking for shortcuts and there's not a lot, a lot of the, there's something really exist. I mean, there are, they're not universally don't exist, but shortcuts are incredibly hard and they rely to such a huge degree on luck. And I, I'm proud to, you know, be working for a company that, you know, 
does things the right way, does things thoughtfully and, you know, knows what's important. And that, you know, first and foremost being, you know, the people that work here and then obviously our customers. Well, and, you know, you mentioned everyone wants to just race to the success top, but in the end to build a, a sustainable, su- successful business, it's, you got to put your customer at the core. Yeah. And, and it's longevity, right? And it be a this and is- grow. You know, this, it allows you to grow sustainably. And, you know, even with our business, same deal being self, you know, self-funded, bootstrapped. You know, we stray ourselves, and you know, we're we're coming back to being more of a product-led growth company, where it's like, look, what do the customers need, and and just build and build based off whether it's the products you build, you know, the jewelry, the stores, experience. It it comes back to just to the customer. Yeah. And, and it's easy to get distracted. So, I, you know, I totally empathize there because it's not like everyone does. And like, I think we, you mentioned, you know, would we offer, you know, the ability to video a stylist? Maybe, maybe, but like, is that easy? Does the customer want, is it easy for them? Is it easy for the stylist? Is there a, a great experience there? And maybe the technology is not there. I know, I know there are platforms out there that offer that, but well, I think there's a reason why they're not ubiquitous yet. It's just, you know, you talking could, on the phone to a screen is so impersonal. Well, just thinking the only way way to actually test it is to hit customers that already bought. So get some high value customers go, hey, you've spent X with us. You qualify for a one on one. Right. You no, know they're already going to they already are comfortable spending. That could be a way to test incremental tests throughout. Definitely. It's definitely you know, a great idea. Yeah. Like you said, you when you're managing growth and high growth, that extra one percent may not make a difference, you know, versus the efforts. Is you're harness, you're just you're working to harness what you have and right. pick up. You know, I always you always focus on, you know, do you want 10% of a hundred or 10% of one? <laughs> you know, yeah. Figure out what that hundred is and grow from it there. Exactly. Well, Kyle, we're we're, we're hitting time here. Um, but again, you know getting back to product-led growth, you know, there's so much value for me just to hear, you know, what, you know, you're in the trenches right now. And as VP of e-commerce at Gorjana, you are, you're doing a lot. And, you know, what we spoke on is just a fraction of your daily, daily world, but I'm sure others in the, in the jewelry industry and in the fashion, I'm sure they, they relate to what, what you're going through. And I'm, I'm, I hope, I hope our listeners can, can pick up some some gems from Kyle here, but uh, any, uh, so you launched your new site, uh, you're live. Um, any other, any other notes for, for our listeners on Gorjana that, 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 that they should know about that, that I'm unaware uh, of. Yeah. It, 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 correct. Before the body, it, it, it's Goriana. Oh, I'm um, such an correct idiot. No, but it's like, honestly, that's the most common mispronunciation, I think, and also you know it adds to the brand's mystique to a certain degree when Oriana. the name when the name like is name. super easy to say. Well, um, it's like your last name, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you think Oriana's prettier? Well, um, just you know, we had it. We capitalized the U so that people could maybe understand how to pronounce it more. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> funny. No, honestly. So what I think. What I like to rethink what's important to your customers and challenge your assumptions. I talk to brands all the time that think they need to discount and you don't. 
all and big brands alike. And I think it, it's a hard band-aid to rip off if you're a brand that's relied on discounts. And again, it's not universal. You know, just discounts and sales have their place depending on the business. But if you're a new business, especially for, you know, the people out there starting a business or just getting underway, you know, you're not 20 years old, you're not 10 years old, you're maybe four years old. Question whether or not you need to give discounts to offer sales. Um, Cause it's a question that we asked here internally and the answer turned out to be no, you know, we, we don't discount. We don't do sales. Um, we believe in the value of our brand and the value of our product. And we are confident in that. We are confident in the experience that we deliver. And so it allows us to confidently not discount, not commoditize our brand. Like so many brands do just, oh, there's other options. There's not, there's only one Goriana. So if you're trying to buy a Goriana, there's only, there's only one of us. So there are no other options. Right. And that's why, you know, we're selling that experience, that brand. And so, and, and we don't want to just, and that's how we're able to deliver a great experience, a great store experience is because we don't discount that. Um, and so I would, you know, I'm sure a lot of marketers are out there shaking their head, like what would happen to my CPA? Um, you know, create a better experience. My response to that goes into, you know, pop-ups need to become smarter and, you know, after 14 years, when I still see, you know, the the same copy being like, welcome, would you like 10% off? It's like, no, I don't care about price right now. Tell me that you understand what my needs are that, hey, buy today, we'll ship it today, you'll get this in two days. You know, tell me that, you know, there is a company behind this, this brand. Like, we understand as an online shopper, you have needs. We'll, we'll take care of those today. And by the way, just to be as a new customer, we'll throw in a, a free pair of earrings, you know, whatever it is, the free gift, you know, because it costs you, a, you know, 10% of what a $10 off would be because it's your product, you manufacture it, you know, the cost to you is the, your cost. So there's so many more ways to be creative and engaging to visitors today. It's just we're not we've... so many, and that's why. And when it comes down to discounts, often or not, again, not universally. I don't want to, you know, make, but like, are often they're lazy. At best, and at worst, they're like heroin, right? I think that's the biggest. That's the comparison I would say the most is like discounts are because you can see, oh, we ran a sale or we did a discount, and you can see sales go up. But you know it's a short term dopamine hit, right? It doesn't last and it, you know, dilutes your brand. It dilutes your product. It makes you more transactional. And again, I think why we, you know, we've been talking for an hour, right? Have we talked about orders or transactions once? No, we keep talking about customers because customers are who we care about. We want to get customer, like customer conversion, not order conversion, not tra- not product conversion, customer conversion, and I think when you look at it that way, you'll you know you can understand you know with more clearly whether or not discounts serve that purpose and serve your customer. Well, but then you then you look at okay, well if I'm it's my main driver for list growth, you know to take unidentified visitors to first party zero party data. Well, what are the other alternatives to discounting? There are there are different ones. There are you know, whether it's like out of stock 
you know, sign up for alerts or new product drops sign up? Or is it, I love, personally, I'm a huge fan of giveaways. Giveaways, a, a style quiz, you know, what are you look like? Just asking someone who's there in your site, what are you looking for? What's your, what's your style? What, so can, can we, we, we haven't even gotten into surveys and quizzes, which to me in your space too, is a phenomenal way to capture more visitor data in a positive way. You know, it's not a pop-up where you, you mentioned just capture one thing and reduce friction. When you get people to engage into their own journey, you can start asking questions that guides them to the right product, um, which is customer service. Oh, what are you looking for today? Oh, is it a gift for you or, or a gift for someone? Or is this for you? You know, start walking down, you're capturing all this data, store it in the profile you own, database you own, that you can then leverage in whatever channel you deem feasible. Exactly. So that'll be part two. <laughs> Love to come back. Okay, let's we'll, we'll pause there. We'll come back to that on uh, uh, next chapter. How about that? Sounds great, man. Um, cool. Well, congrats on the new website launch. It's beautiful. Uh, yeah, I hope you like it. If you if you yeah. see anything, you know, we have everyone listening right now. If you see anything everyone, funky, let me know. But it's well, should, should I'll be tell you good. When, I'll tell you when we stop recording. How about that? <laughs> cool. <laughs> All right, Kyle. Well, thank you so much. And um, where where was the most recent store that was opened? I believe Carmel by the Sea is the Ooh. one that's the most recent, or if not, it's about to open. No, yeah, it just it just did. Cool. Yeah, that was last week. Uh, just down south. Well, congratulations. And I, mean, I used to be able to keep track. Now yeah. we're open to so many stores. It's, it's, it's getting tough, but they are incredible. All right. Well, uh, thanks for joining. Hope everyone enjoyed and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for having me.